cliffcentral.com On radio On radio More of the good stuff cliffcentral.com Welcome back to the good stuff Cliff Central's very own happy hour with myself Brent Lindeke, the good news guy Hey, what's happening, yo? You are live on Cliff Central um, With Cliff Central's very own happy hour. You got Brent Lindicune in studio, the good things guy. And right next to me is Kerry, the good things girl. Good morning. Good morning. My mic sounds a little bit soft. I don't know what's going on here. I know. I'm testing, also, testing. I'm One, two, three. Can you hear me? And we're on. We're on. Uh, goodness gracious. It's Tuesday, yo. And we're all about the good stuff. We're here bringing you good news and inspirational stories. If you're watching live on Facebook Live, you can tune in on www.cliffcentral.com. Um, Gareth Cliff is in the producer's lounge there giving me stick, if you can see on Facebook Live as well. So, uh, you know, there's a lot going on in South Africa. Charges have been dropped against Praveen Gordon. Water shortages are gripping the country, and the Fees Must Fall movement are trying to get an interdict to stop other students from writing exams. That's not the only thing that's happening in South Africa, though. We've got a whole bunch of good news that we're going to be bringing you. An entire shop is opening today in Santon City that is just for charity. We're going to bring you a bit of news on that. Communities are helping each other through the water crisis, which is pretty cool um, to see communities come together. A construction worker has gone viral for helping a lady with a laptop. She I thought, know, right? She thought her laptop was stolen, so we're going to bring you an update on that story. Um, and a bunch of guys are going to start growing moustaches today for charity. Dun, dun, it's November, yeah. Yes. It's first of November. So inspired, so proudly South African, so much of good news. Uh, and we've got so much going on today. The good stuff is Cliff Central's very own happy hour. The weekly show it aims to bring a smile to your dial and give you something better to talk about when you're around the dinner table or the water cooler. For reals, guys, there's better things in our country going on than the bad news that you see in mainstream media. So no bad news in here. No cuck stories. Never. We don't deal with stuff like that. Uh, Kerry and I will kick off the show catching up with um, every Everything that uh, matters. And good. And all the good stuff. We'll then be bringing you the top five trending good news stories in the world. Kerry searches for them every week, don't you, Kerry? Of course. Of course. So she's going to look for there's all of them. There's tons those. of them. And there's tons of them. She's going to choose five of them to bring to you. Um, and then we'll also be chatting to Colin and Justin from the Dooch Found... Dooch Fund Bursary. I'm saying it completely wrong. They're looking at me from the studio. Like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? They it's, will correct us. Guys, it's Tuesday and it's early and that's why I've brought you into studios. You can tell me what exactly <laughs> you guys do and what you're all about. Um, it's corporates that are helping students get tertiary education, the funding. So we're going to speak about that. Then we've also got Sam LaRue from Cornerstone Woman. It is an organization that helps women out of abusive situations that have literally just launched. And we're going to be speaking to them. So I'm quite excited. That's amazing. And then Paige and Kirst are going to be bringing in a guest <laughs> For Huddle Up this week. So we're excited for that too. If you want to tune into the full show, go to www.cliffcentral.com or you can tweet us, cliffcentral.com, Brent Lindicue, Kerry Stain, or get involved with the conversation on 0861 189 As always, that's the end of Facebook Live. Join us live on cliffcentral.com right now. Kerry. Yes. Oh, let me close this. Happy house. November. It's the first of November. Can you believe it? I cannot. Actually. How fast did October go? It's you know what? How fast has this year gone? It's maybe. Terrible, it's terrible, terrible. It's just a little bit crazy. <laughs> so it is. It's the first of November. Um, today, November kicks off. Do you know what that is? Are you going to do it? Uh, I don't look good with a with a mustache. Not so many people do. I instead of growing a mo. Yes. I'm gonna pay money to men's cancer research to not grow a mo. And if you do not want me to grow a mo, you can add money in there as well. Fantastic. Uh, they, so they, you can either you can grow a moustache or you can like pledge to do exercise every day for debate, a month. There was this debate last year. Everybody growing a mo, but were you actually um, contributing to the cause? That I mean, that's what it comes down to, right? Yes. You need to be giving back if Definitely. you're going to be growing a moustache. You can't just grow a moustache for the sake of looking like a pedophile. you got to do it and give back to uh, to cancer <laughs> research. Like pedophile. You only got that joke now. It took you a little while. <laughs> I was trying to keep it in. <laughs> She's a little bit slow on the updraw today. Um, other things that are going on. Santa Shoebox, live right yes, now. Yes, have you seen how many they have collected so far? I'm just saying that I launched it on Friday. I so know. I was in Cape Town with the Santa Shoebox crew. Uh, I was part of the MC for the gig and... Um, 
Good Lord. I got to meet uh, Desmond Tutu's daughter. I got Aww. to meet Susan Ackerman from Pick and Pay. Um, and we got to all just cut cake and celebrate the fact that uh, Santa Shoebox in the past 10 years have given gifts to over 650,000 kids in South Africa. That's incredible. You know, and it, as much, it's amazing. It's an amazing initiative. I was inside the packing center where they were getting all the gifts ready. So it was like a proper Santa... It's where the elves are. Yes. It's the real Santa's workshop. And and to see just communities, individuals and corporates Everybody coming together coming for a together. good cause. It's um I actually got quite emotional. It was quite embarrassing. I don't know if you've ever been on stage and started crying. I have. Okay. Well no, we're speaking to Keria. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> That's something that you do often. I, I was emceeing the gig and just to see so many people that are so passionate mm. and so full of love, you know that that this thing that is Santa Shoebox will just continue to grow from strength to strength. And last year, I mean, we always contribute to the Santa Shoebox project, but I've never, I've never really been on the receiving end, been, um, been around when those children actually receive the shoeboxes. And I was last year. I happened to be at an event where, um, a Christmas event where the, the children received Santa Shoeboxes. And I, I can't even explain to you just having, I mean, just looking at those shoe boxes all piled up and with the children's names on that in itself is special. Yeah. Do you know you're getting a gift and it's got your name on it? Man, it's cool. No, it's really, really, a, it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful cause really. Very, very, very cool. Um, something else kicking off today is the Santa, Santa City empty shop. Every yes, year, they, empty. Op- they open up this big glass shop, mm-hmm. uh, with the concept of you bringing in your clothing. Yes. To be part of not the shop. only clothing, it's, um, basically everything. So books, clothing, um, items that are in good condition. Basically everything that you have to give away. And then they give it to charity. Exactly. Damn, it's cool. So whatever you have in your house that you want to get rid of and it's in good condition, take it to the Sandton City Empty Shop. Sandton City Empty Shop. Get it down there. Go and give back. That is what Christmas is about. Yes. And I'm going to say Christmas because we're like 54 days away. Oh, don't even remind me. I can't believe it. From next week, we're going to start playing Christmas jingles. (laughs) Just kidding, man. Just kidding. Um, And another thing that's affected uh, South Africa at the moment is the water crisis. Yes. And it is real and it's incredibly serious and, and you should be saving water and there's so many things that you should be doing and we are trying and hopefully everybody's trying to do it. We're going to bring you a story in a little bit about how communities have come together Mm. because it's so flippant cool. But before we get into that, I want to get into something that's really funny. Tell me. So, City of Joburg Mm -hmm. in November 2015 had the most amazing tweet that nobody saw. And someone's picked up on it as of yesterday. I don't know how they did From this. From 2015. From 2015. A year ago. A year ago. Okay. So the city of Joburg, their, their, their handle is city of Joburg ZA. They actually tweeted this, which it's a great tip. Yes. But, I mean, it can be drawn so full out of context. This is it. This is what they said on the 20th of November, 2015. Shower or bath in groups. Hashtag save water. And... Nobody saw that. Nobody saw that a year ago, but they've picked up on it now, and Twitter is ripping them apart. It is hilarious to watch. Hilarious. Oh, my. Okay, so Somebody, we some, shower in groups. Shower in groups, man. It's the way to save water. It's not only is it fun, but you'll be saving water as well. Definitely. How insane. So, so like this guy said, I suggested this to my neighbor, and now... I have a restraining order. <laughs> Thanks, City of Joburg. Um, and people have just been tweeting, Viva! Group showers! Um, uh, th- where's another one? There's so many here. There's <laughs> thousands. Uh, here's one. I mean, while others can do a groupie, we can't even get a cup of water for the past 36 hours and counting. And that is not inequality even. all over City of Joburg. And so it's really funny. But everybody, I mean, it is funny that they yes. tweeted that and people a are year tweeting later. back. That's very funny. Very funny. Slow much. Um, last thing that I want to bring up. Did you watch Carte Blanche on Sunday? I didn't because I don't watch TV. Oh, yes. We forget about this. Kerry listens <laughs> to podcasts and radio. That's why our show survives. Um, no. So Rian Mansa and yes, Basti Yes, I did see that. And I was following your... Um 
uh, your social media as well. They they were on for what we had interviewed them for. Yes. While they were on that journey, so Rian and uh, Rian and Vasti, they got married. They climbed into a little kayak and they made their way from California to Hawaii, which took them 30, for their honeymoon. Thirty odd days. Thirty odd days. In that oh, for their honeymoon. Mm. On their way, they broke two world records. Two. Did they even know that they broke those world records? Well, I think they knew the one because they, they, they became the first South African couple to do that. Yes. But then the second world record was um, the fastest time ever. Sure. Which they didn't expect. But in our show, and I'm going to put this podcast up so that you guys can catch it on Twitter and social media and all of that. We got to interview Rian and Vasti a thousand kilometers. That was scary. I'm sorry. Uh, even <laughs> talking to them was petrifying. <laughs> yes, it was. They were a thousand kilometers into the middle of the ocean. In the pitch black, in the dark. There was no moon. It was one, no. o'clock, one o'clock in the morning their time, uh, 10, 10 past 10 our time. And it was pitch black. And just a day before that, their boat had capsized. Yes. And Rian got pulled away from the boat and Vasti was stuck in the boat and he, he had to swim. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Boat My hair in the middle is of the up. night. And, and they, they had like a, a camera with them to mm-hmm. do daily diaries. And, we got to speak to Rian. He's one of my very good friends. He's like my brother. Yes. I love him. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, and one of my brothers. And um, I could hear the terror in his voice. Yes, when we spoke that's to why I said that was a very scary interview. And if you watched Carte Blanche on Sunday, you would have seen the video diary mm. of Vasti where she just cried for hours. Because mm. she had dealt with this traumatic experience, and there's no getting off the roller coaster. Uh. They still had like 30 days to go. And to see that, that terror, it was palatable. But to hear the interview that we did with Rian, mm. it's real. Like, I want you guys to go and find that podcast and listen to it because as much as he's a hero and he's an incredible human being and they've both done this phenomenal thing, I think when you're watching people from the sidelines, you forget how serious it is. I'm actually going to go have a, I'm going to watch that interview on the carte blanche. Um, and listen to our podcast. I will. I will. Again. Yes. Because you'll realize they flippin' rode unassisted from California to Hawaii. They did not have any help. Flippin' amazing, that man. That is it's incredible. And wow, I would never be able to do something like that. Just absolutely incredible. So, pr- so proudly South African. Well done, guys. And I hope you had a good rest and nice honeymoon. Well, we hope you've had a rest because, yeah. and also, we're going to get Rian and, and Vasti on the show because I want to know. I think that's a great idea. I want to know what they're doing next. Mm. What is the next plan? Uh, adventure, I'm nervous. My heart is racing. Adventure couple, <laughs> what are you up to next, man? We want to see where you're going and what you're doing. Anyway, um, enough with our catch up. Every week we search high and low. I do. Kerry does. We search high and low for the top stories that are trending on social media. Um, and we're not talking about news, breaking news, stuff that's happening that you will find. Not on, that too. On mainstream media, we are talking about the good stuff, the yes. good news, the stuff that we're going to give you so that you can actually take it to your water cooler. Um, Kerry, I'm going to throw a little spanner in the works. Okay. I want you to, I want you to do that story, which I can see. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kerry's got an iPad, so she reads um, all the stories of her iPad because we live in 2016. Yes, and that's how we do things. yes. But I can see what you're going to do. Yeah. And I'd like to play that one last, if that's okay. okay. Is that all right? Sure. Sure. So we're going to do, we're going to do number four first. We're gonna do, there we go. Now we're on the same page. Coming up, what do we have at number four? Starfish Great Hearts Foundation launches disruptive approach to charity fundraising with interactive iPad ebook. How amazing is this? Do you know how many um, uh, words? Probably, probably every week on our show, we we talk about fundraising and um, you know fundraising for charity and stuff. They've actually come up with a with an in, like an innovative way. Can I way. stop you there? Yes, you can. So not they. Mike Sharman from Retroviral, yes. who we've had in studio as yes. well, an amazing human being who's using his experience, his ideas, and his business to help his clients do good. Yes. And he's helped his clients do good. Now you can tell the story. Okay. A first for a South African charity challenging the traditional business model and providing consumers with a product of value when donating to a cause. So you can actually download the story, the starfish story, for $9.99. 
which goes to charity. Which goes to charity. So you're getting you're getting something yes. in return for giving something. And I think that's amazing. It's really it's it's incredible because not only do you have a story on your iPad that you can I mean it's it's also it's an educational story for your children. Um but, but you're, you're also donating nine dollars ninety nine cents to charity. Which is like ten dollars almost. Yes. Which is like 150 bucks. Which is incredible. Which is three McDonald's meals. Well so done, if you, guys. if you had to just rather buy a storybook and give back to charity, you would be making a difference in another person's life without actually having to do anything. And your kids get something. More than Tick one the box, person. tick the box, win, win, win. Dun, dun, dun. We're going to put this online so you know where to go to get it. What do we have at number three? Communities band together as Joburg's water reservoirs run dry. So as we know, there is a drought and our reservoirs are dry. And, um, okay, but you were so. I mean, I hate doing this, but we are we are running dry badly. Yes, I flew worse over, than last year. I flew over some of the dams in South Africa, and they are low, man. They it's are low. Terrible. The Val Dam is at thirty percent. You can Next. actually walk almost to the middle of the Val Dam. Okay, so we need to be saving water. Um, apparently, we need to be bathing together and showering. But more so. Our communities need to come together to help each other. Yes. So as much as we're not watering our gardens anymore and, 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 mm. if you if you have some sort of borehole, if you have something going on, help your flipping neighbor. Yes. That's, so, what, that's what the story is about, right? Exactly. So uh, in some parts of South Africa and Joburg, water was turned off for 48 hours even, maybe even 72. And one mother tweeted that uh, she had to bath her baby, bath her child. And... Um, Someone responded, Colleen Jean Foyne jumped into action and said, you can bath your child at my house. Can you believe it? I have been in that predicament where you can't bath your child. So, so <laughs> t- just to give you backstory, they posted this on like a community group. Yes, people who live in Midrand. People who live in Midrand. And they're like, I don't have money to, um, to bath. I don't have uh, water. water, not money. I don't have water to bath my baby. Can you help? And Colleen was like, oh, sure, I can. Bring your baby here. Yes. Let me do something. And she kicked off a viral movement. And then everybody was doing it. If you don't have water, come to our house. Have you ever... Like, like I said to you last week, do you even know what your next neighbor's name is? And so, here these people on this platform are inviting people to their house to bath and shower. Technology love Ubuntu. We love it. We're going to post that story so you can get involved. I think there's a hashtag, hashtag share water yes. that you can get involved. If you, could, if you have extra water, if you have boreholes, you can help each other. We'll Just because you have a borehole doesn't mean you can use more water. I understand that, but yes. if you don't have water just coming up, just saying, out to, it's just hashtag just saying. Hashtag just saying. If you have, um, so my mum yes. over the weekend mm. went and bought a JoJo hut. Yes, a JoJo tank. A JoJo tank. Yes, and and they've connected it to their gutters. Yes, so all so the, the gutters rainwater. will collect the rainwater, and then uh, my you mom, can connect your grey water as well. My mum will use that mm. to do all of her her gardening and mm. stuff. So it's about thinking out of the box, whatever that is. Um, we're going to put that up online. What do we have at number three? Ubuntu in action again. A lost laptop, a good Samaritan, and a truly South African ending. So. Um, <laughs> Kelly Firth has always ripped off these people about, you know, that leave their cell phones on their roofs and whatnot and then drive away. Well, uh, have you ever done that? Yes, I have. It's terrible. Like, what's the craziest thing that you've left on your roof? I I can only, like a cup of coffee. Yes, I have. And my cell phone. It's the worst thing ever. Your your cell phone was as shattered as your (laughs) No, it actually wasn't, surprisingly. Well, she left her laptop on her car roof and she drove away. Um, and only later did she recall her steps and realize that this is what she had done. Uh, went to security in Sanson to try and see if she could, uh, at the building that she was at, to try and see if somebody picked it up or where it was. And um, True's Nuts, a man called Lucky, had picked up her laptop. She thought it was stolen. She, she thought it was stolen. It was it, gone. They watched on CCTV. Yes, he picked it up and he walked away. He just left. Yes, but he didn't. He but went he didn't. to he went to a security office, gave in his details, kept the laptop because he was worried someone else would pinch it, and um, yeah, she had to do this little, <laughs> like a little investigation for the day to find her laptop. It's a hashtag happy ending. We're going to put that story up online so that you can see all about it and sort of. Um, maybe and that's what it, maybe she said as well. I bloody love my country because we do. Yes. And she does. We love mm. you. Maybe we should have her on the show. Yes. Uh, what do we have at number one? South African dancers capture a prestigious global title. 
So Callan uh, Bardenhorst and Michaela Todd won the International Dance Organization Gala World Title for 2016 in, how do you say this, in Graz? Yeah. Australia. That's it. At the weekend. Is it Austria? uh, I mean, Austria, not Australia. Sorry. (laughs) Austria. In Austria. It's really cool. The the routine that they did. I don't know if you ever watched, like, whatever talent shows we have in South Africa. I have. And you watch those, and then you watch, like, the American ones or the English ones. And if you try compare apples with apples, because they're both talent shows, Mm -hmm. right? If you try to compare them, generally South Africa falls short. Yes. And and you can watch it and sort of think, mm. not ideal. Yeah. This story is the polar opposite. If you watched their winning video, yes. you would think that it came out of the it US of A. It was beautiful. And over 90 nations representing more than 250 dancers from six continents. And we won. Yes. We are the winners. I know, right? How are we doing with all of these competitions and, and uh, world things, world cups? And, oh, it's amazing. Okay, you know what I love is that, um, okay, you've been part of, part of the good stuff for the past year. Yes. We celebrated a year the other day. And you've brought this fresh perspective into sports in South Africa. And I don't know if it's you or if it's just the current status of the amazing things that our sportsmen are doing. I think it's all of us. I'm we just, all have to I'm, contribute to I'm this. I'm turning our background off because... Uh, it's a, it's a, I think it's a joint contribution. Well, it, I, I'm really impressed with, with what we're showcasing. Yes. And the story, if you guys see... And the soccer as well. Also. First in 20 years to win that cup. Man, oh man. Man alive. Cheese and rice cakes. I know. So we're going to we're gonna post all of those stories up online so that you can actually see the dance video because... It's really beautiful. Cheapers, man. It's so inspirational. Um, the, the last story that we want to touch on for the good news, mm. uh, I mean, is pretty damn epic and go for it. Girl gets secretly filmed singing. Video goes viral. Gets viewed 10 million times in three days. So she's cooking. Chloe Page, a singer and a songwriter from the United States, had no idea that she was being filmed while cooking a Sunday roast and singing to uh, singing an adult tune. It is beautiful. 10,000 times. And she's just randomly cooking. Her back is turned to the camera. And she's singing. Okay, so since then, it's been a week yes. since that video has mm. been uploaded. And it's been viewed over 15 million. million times. Yes. And we're going to play you a little snippet of her just cooking a Sunday roast. And singing. And singing Adele. Adele. Chopping. <laughs> Just, she is absolutely talented. That's Over beautiful. 15 million times that video. Imagine you posted a video on your personal Facebook. Or you didn't, your boyfriend did. Yes. Of you singing. Singing while you were cooking. And it gets viewed 15 million mm-hmm. times. I'm almost certain that she will get some sort of recording. Definitely. Contest. There's no doubt about that. Jeepers. Wow, it's beautiful. Absolutely talented. We're going to post all of those stories up onto uh, the various pages. You'll find them on cliffcentral.com straight after the show. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. This is Alicia Keys' new one. It's called Holy War. Look at you, hey, with all the new ones. I feel like she's... Every week it's a new one. I feel like she's come back. Like, I feel like there's something here, like her old vibes. Well, she never left for me, okay? Okay, well, <laughs> that's Alicia coming back. Um, every week we get to interview really inspirational people. And, you know, that's why I love my job, is that I get to sit here and speak to phenomenal South Africans that are doing really cool things. I must tell you that... Um, I didn't know much about our guests or why they're doing what they're doing today. And and it, it wasn't for lack of research. It's because I'm terrible at research and Kerry's almost fired because she doesn't give me any notes. Huh. 
Just kidding. <laughs> so, so we got. Oh, so that's what I'm here for. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the producer notes. Where are they? So we've got Justin and Colin from the Duch Fund. And I, I, I keep feeling like I'm pronouncing it wrong, but even, I mean, it's got so much meaning and there's so much more to it than just the name and two guys. Uh, welcome to the studio, guys. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's great to have you. I've actually known Colin for years and years and years through uh, friends of friends of friends, which is quite awesome to always have friends in studio. But this is quite a serious thing. You guys, you guys have started this fund. Can you tell me a little bit more about it? Cool. Thanks, Prince. Um, the Dutch Fund, or more formally the Dean Duchenne Educational Trust, was uh, set up in 2011 or 2012, actually, uh, sort of to create a legacy for a friend of ours, uh, Dean Duchenne, or Dutch as he was informally known, um, who had passed away tragically in 2010 after being struck by lightning. And um, effectively, he was probably the kindest, most generous, fun-loving guy you'll ever meet. And uh, I know you think I'm just saying that, but it seriously was the case. Uh, we jokingly called him the head boy of Rhodes. We all studied together. And as a result, uh, there was a massive void in each of our lives. And we decided that something good could come of his passing. And we decided to set up a charity that effectively provided financial support to university students uh, in financial need. And we've been going now for four and a half years and we've provided three bursaries and wow. um, we've raised uh, just about close on half a million rand uh, and we're building a sustainable charity which we're very proud about man it is absolutely speechless uh, i'm speechless almost. i've got goosebumps well kerry might cry because she usually does but but for <laughs> you guys to be doing something in honor of someone who was one of your best yeah. friends and um and it's mates, right? It's not. There's no corporate. No, really, no. just a bunch of friends. Um, and I must say, to give Justin credit where credit is due, he has played a huge, huge role in in actually, you know, getting the man- momentum going, but also keeping it going. Because once it's, you know, once it's snowballed, you have to once you have became, to manage Once it that. became a real thing, yeah, like it's not an idea anymore. Exactly. You guys are collecting yeah. money, and it's a, it's a, it's becoming a, a charity. Mm. It's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, we we registered uh, as a Section 18A public benefit organisation. Wow, that's amazing. We've got trustees, and yeah, there's a lot of responsibility that goes with it. But also, selfishly, from our side, it's it's a lot of fun. It's a reason for all of us mates to get together. We throw really awesome fundraising events. And, and, and as a result of having to organize these events, we get together sort of once a month, have a few beers and, and just remember our friend at the same time as doing some good. But Man. what are the chances of, I mean, someone getting struck by lightning? They, what are, I mean, it's just one I, 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 in, one, one in a billion. Sure. But probably. that probably, I mean, if you ever met Dean, mm. you would understand that because he was, he was that probability. He was, one in a billion. She really was. Wow. Man, um, absolutely phenomenal story to come out of very tragic circumstances. Um, why education? I mean, there's, there's millions of charities mm. that you could have sort of jumped into. What inspired you guys as a, as a group to look at education? Yeah, so I think, I mean, well. Well, we all met at Rhodes for yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and currently, I guess, it's there for everyone to see the dire need of, of financial assistance uh, for students, uh, particularly in universities. And I think uh, for us, and it was probably less by design than just almost by the way it progressed, um, is that a massive part of our charity is also the mentorship that goes with it. Um, it's one thing providing financial assistance uh, to these university students. Uh, it's quite another thing giving them the support of 10, 15 guys who… I love that. It's so important. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what we try and do is we allocate one specific mentor to a bursary recipient, but we all jump on board and try and assist the guy or the girl. Uh, we try to facilitate VAC work. We assist them with sort of work readiness. That's amazing. Uh, our first bursary recipient is actually currently applying to go do his PhD sure. in the States. And, and I, I mean, it wouldn't have been possible without our assistance first in, in helping him get through his honors degree, uh, but subsequently assisting him with getting VAC work and I guess getting his CV and his brand built up. And, and thankfully, a few of us, uh, we about five, six years 
because no, no, we're actually further out of university than that. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, the, clock, the clock has been ticking, buddy. They, they, they're sitting here trying to appear younger than what they are. Well done, guys. No one can see you. You can be whoever you want to. Um, just h- how do you pick your recipients? What is the what is the process? Uh, so thankfully, at the moment, uh, we've we've narrowed it down to just Rhodes. Um, as we grow, we'd like to broaden uh, the scope to other universities, perhaps even schools. Um, but at the moment, Rhodes really help us with the marketing. We send them all the marketing material to advertise the bursary, and then they apply through the postgrad office, and they send us a list of. Anywhere between, I think we've received between 50 and 70 applicants wow, for this that's bursary. difficult. Um, and ultimately, the first and obvious place to narrow the list down is on a pure means test. And and it's been absolutely humbling seeing how little some of these uh, sure. students have. Uh, what they what their family earns it's it really is quite an eye opener and and then we get a cv we get a motivation letter and we then narrow it down to a short list of let's say just about 10 candidates five to ten candidates that we actually interview mm. uh and and then we have a massive fight between the 10 or so of us <laughs> uh, that have interviewed the candidates because they all have unbelievable stories um and they're all very deserving candidates so if we could give 10 bursaries out every year we we, we would love to and well, we, we want to get you there so we're going to discuss money in a bit um <laughs> the the postgrad versus other degrees what what is the reason for that it sort of started um, probably just because we didn't know how big this charity could grow. Uh, the thought of of providing someone with an undergraduate bursary, uh, you sort of th- uh, looking at a once-off cost of, of like north of 150,000 rand probably. Uh, and for a charity starting out, that was quite, quite a daunting. big chunk of change. Yeah. Mm. So we we said let let's start in a in a I guess more manageable way. And I guess also it gives us the opportunity to, I guess the, the students been through undergrad. So they've, they've been through university. It is a big jump. And I think that's the startling thing that we've realized is it's a huge jump from high school to, to tertiary education. And, and for us to be able to vet that across a whole bunch of schools was near impossible. Hmm. So we decided to start with postgraduate, but we've got big dreams and, and maybe it'll evolve into undergrad and postgraduate at the it, moment. It's it, just postgraduate. I, I was talking about the, the, another charity that I was involved with last week. And if something comes from a pure place and there's passion and mm. there's love, um, it'll only grow from strength to strength and i can see that through you guys um your mate lives on in what you're doing and it's it's flippant unbelievable we i mean whatever i can do and if our listeners are listening we always want to get involved and help and and be there as assistants um money is the big thing here and and in south africa we currently have this crazy student volatile situation with fees must fall and 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 but these guys that you're giving the ability to um they've already been through that so they're, they're looking to finish their studies and we need money. So, so how do you guys get the money to, to offer these bursaries? Well, um, like, like Jazzy touched on uh, earlier, um, we, hold, we hold various different fundraising events throughout the year. Um, Bowling for Summer, which is actually, it's been, it's been quite successful. Awesome. Um, we actually also have um, a whole Dutch weekend where we, where we all go away. And um, it's, it's incredible to see how in the beginning it was it was just people that obviously um knew dean and whose lives he had touched and now to seeing you know complete strangers that that never knew him but uh want to support the the cause um probably just because of the chaos that everyone mm. has got that's a very important word in our lives by the way <laughs> um and uh, yeah just through raffle tickets but we obviously rely on on corporates and and uh, mates largely to to try and donate prizes and stuff like that um we've got a we've got a link which um i can put on social media later uh, later if if guys want to jump on board and 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 buy raffle tickets um but yeah that's just some of the ways that we that we've managed to raise some funds absolutely unbelievable um we've got a little a little space on on cliff central the good stuff where we put all of these links as well so anybody that's listening if you want to get involved it's it's a good cause and i think um education is key and and this is really a bunch of uh, cool mates that are doing something for for someone else. Is there any sort of social media links that you want to shout out right now so that anybody can get involved? Yeah, we've got a Facebook page. It's called uh, 
Dutch Fund. Um, I think we've got an Instagram handle, also Dutch Fund. Yeah. I don't think we're yeah. on Twitter yet, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we've got a we've got a great team of people that that put some really great marketing material together for us. Um, and Dutch Fund, that Facebook page will tell you all about our events. Uh, we we really do try and emphasize that our events are open to everyone. Uh, sometimes people feel because it's called the Dutch Fund, if you didn't know, Dean, you're sort mm. of not welcome. But last year uh, at our Dutch weekend, which is our weekend away, we had 140 people. Sure. Probably only 60 people went to Rhodes. Um, Dean's family get involved. They are 100% behind this cause. Uh, and and that's also a very important part for us. Uh we, we, to be honest, we haven't been massive on the, I guess, corporate uh, side of things. Uh, we, we sort of in our early days and, and I think we needed a bit of a track record before you can go to corporate and get them to stick their hands in their pockets. But we've done a lot of work around the legal side, the regulatory side. And, and I think now we can go, uh, with quite a bit of authority to corporates and ask them to donate. We got a very generous donation earlier this year from the Janisburg Article Clerk Association. They paid us 30,000 rand, which wow. sort of once off will enable us to provide a, a year's, uh, of just Pleasure, the tertiary, yeah. uh, the, the, the funding, I mean, the academic side of things. So, uh, we, we gained momentum and hopefully with the help of don- donors, raffle ticket buyers, party goers, we'll be able to get there. Man, it's cool. And we're going to get involved any way that we can. Mm. We're going to put this all up on social media so that you guys can get involved too. Thank you for being on The Good Stuff. Thank you so much for having us. It's been amazing. Thank you. This is Cliff Central. Man, oh man, oh man. How incredible, okay? I know. And especially with everything that's happening at the moment, education is so important. You know, that friends that stick up for friends is is what should happen. I love it. It's like a sorority. Like well, you see in the movies. This is, I guess this is what our show is about today. Without even me planning it, the universe has brought that idea together, that theme. Yes. And, and who I have in studio is an absolute inspiration. Um, I got to meet Sam a little while ago. Sam has started an organization called Cornerstone Woman. And I've got her sitting across from you with her other partner or, or colleague or person who's <laughs> part of the initiative, Estelle. Um, Sam, it's great to have you at Thank the Good Stuff. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's a privilege to be here. Man, it's it's really cool. I think this is the first radio interview that you've done for the initiative. Yep. It's still new. It's 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 a baby if we want to look at it like that. Um, give us a brief overview. What is Cornerstone Woman? Okay, very difficult to explain that um, in a, in in short words, but basically, it's a faith based organization that um, is there to support women and children and families who go through abusive situations, mm. whether those are physically, emotionally, or financially. In South Africa uh, to date, there isn't really a government or private sector uh, initiative that supports that epidemic. Mm. Cornerstone women intend to be that. And I mean, it, it, so I've always believed and I've, I, in, I've been lucky enough to meet phenomenal people in my career. The one thing that makes initiative alive and, and makes it mean something is if there's passion behind it. Absolutely. Amen. And, and my question to you is what, what inspired you to start this? Basically, I guess uh, when you look at most people's stories, um, the ones that have got great passion behind them are because the person themselves have experienced yes. that that vision mm. uh, or that initiative. Um, I myself experienced a situation that I believe um, is an experience that shouldn't happen to women or children. But it was through that experience that Cornerstone Woman was born. And when this happened to me, I realized that there were, there isn't anybody for women and children to reach out to that they feel comfortable with mm. to support them. So the passion behind Cornerstone Woman is that I experienced something. And as I say, you know, today, if you speak to anybody um, about abuse, either them, themselves, mm. a sister, a brother, a family member or best friend has experienced some sort of abusive situation 
it's become an epidemic. Yes. And because it's an epidemic, therefore there needs to be a structure to assist that epidemic. And mm. there isn't currently. Okay. So, so you went through the situation. Um, anything in life can either make you or break you. And Amen. it's made you. It's, it, it's really, it's lit this fire inside of you where you want to help other people around you and, and people that find themselves in these situations. You want to give them a platform, a, a position, a safe place for, so that they can build, grow and, and sort of come out the other side. Absolutely. We don't just want to create awareness about abuse. We want to, we have created a, over the past eight months a sustainable program to take women and children through, to be able to inspire them, to give them hope, to put the family structure back together again, to be perfectly honest. Uh, Cornerstone Woman doesn't advocate the breakdown of the family unit. We say that, uh, you know, functional families is the cornerstone of a, of a society that works. Mm. So for us, we want to work with mother and children and ultimately put the family unit back together again. Wow. Yeah, it is inspirational. It is inspirational. What sorts of things are you doing? So, you, I mean, you've, you've developed this program. We've got this thought that you want to put families back together. Can you give us a sort of idea of, of what you're currently busy with? Okay, so it, it's taken a long road um, to put anything together that has the correct foundation in place. Um, it takes a bit of time. Mm. We've been very blessed. Uh, in my opinion, the Lord has put the right people at the right place for us. Um, it hasn't been a very difficult road in terms of formulating Cornerstone Woman as a concept. Um, we're very proud to say that there are certain things that have just come to us, like um, in order for us to reach out to the public to make it aware, to talk to women to make sure that they understand it is nothing to be ashamed of. Um, we need a platform. So we've been working on different relationships to, to work to, for, for the benefit of this. And, uh, for example, we've been very blessed recently with, um, Joe Public Ignite. They have uh, joined forces with Cornerstone Woman, which I'm very oh, humbly proud wonderful. of. And they're working on a, a, a campaign for us to create that awareness. <laughs> That, I, mean, I mean, you touched on it now. It's it's such a t- taboo subject. People don't want to go uh, over a glass of wine. You won't believe what happened to me last night. What, 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 what? It doesn't work that way. No, it so, really so it's really cool that an agency like Ignite Joe Public have come on board, and it's it's something that they're not charging for at and, all. And and they they want to raise the platform so that more women and children can understand what Cornerstone Woman is, so that you can help them. Ultimately, is well, the I end think goal. That, I think that they resonate with the the family unit, putting the family unit back together. I think they understand the necessity for a functional environment in the world. And I think they're as passionate about it because women and men understand that without functional families, really and truly, what is the basis of a society? Materialistic elements? Mm. Really? Is that what it's all about? It's not. Mm. So Joe Public see the vision. They see the need. And yeah, they see partnering with us they is, are is the a right family. thing. Man, yeah. oh man. Uh, so we've laid the foundation or we're laying the foundation. Um, I know you haven't officially launched, so we're still waiting for the launch to happen. But that doesn't mean that you're not already helping women and children in need. No, we are already helping women and children in need. Predominantly, the team that's been put together uh, that form uh, Cornerstone Women uh, – are the most incredible people. Um, my friend Estelle sitting next to me, uh, supporting me here today, is one of those people. All these people have given of their time over the last nine or so months freely. Um, and those people together with us are putting together initiatives in order to, to raise that awareness. Mm. Um, and uh, without them, I wouldn't be here. So I, I need to give a shout out to that whole team and thank them very much. Mm. But um, yeah, without we, we need to create that awareness. We also need to create the platform to get uh, funding. Okay, because like everybody, as the guys before us, as those will that come in front of us, if this is close to your heart, uh, perhaps you will be in a position to support us. So before we launch, we've already started with our Facebook page, Cornerstone Woman, and there we are kind of educating our followers on, on it. Um, but more importantly, it is through that medium now that we're being approached by women. And to answer your question, up until now, we can help them Emotionally and mentally, we can motivate and inspire them. But the next level is going to be um, in certain situations, we're going to have to be able to put them in yeah, safe houses, yeah. help them with the legal issues. Some are medically in such a, a yes. terrible state that they need assistance medically. And 
unfortunately, nine times out of ten, they're not in a financial situation to help themselves. So that's where Cornerstone women want to want to be able to step in and say, okay, this is not a money issue mm. because it shouldn't be about money. It should be about helping women and children. And that's what I started with is the support. It's, yeah. it's about the support that you're offering and however that support comes, whether it's um, psychological or emotional or monetary, it is the support that you're offering these women. Um, we're going to bring you back in when, yes. when, when we've launched and when we've kicked it off and when it's all alive yeah. and kicking. Uh, but until then, if anybody wants to get involved and, and they want to sort of get help or give help, if they, if they have that, whatever the services are, if they have that, how do they mm. get in touch with you? Well, basically contacting me on email, I guess, would be the most uh, effective way. It's sam at cornerstonewoman.com, a uh, woman spelled W-O-M-A-N. And just pop me an email. You know, I guess just interact with me. Um, whether you're wanting uh, to to sponsor us because you yourself or somebody in your family has been touched by this and you're in a position to financially support us, or whether you yourself are going through a situation that you think has no hope, I'm the lady to contact. Absolutely amazing. I take my hat off to you and, and as a, you are an inspirational South African who has been through something that is, that should be debilitating. And yet, um, like a phoenix, you've risen out of the fire and you are, you've started something phenomenal. And not alone. By the likes of you guys inviting us here today, make that possible. Brandon. Man, oh coming. man, thank you, thank you, thank you. We're going to put all of that up online so that you guys can get involved as well. If this is important to you, if you want to make a difference, if you need assistance, if you want to get involved in any way, I will put all of that up on my Twitter and my mm. Facebook and Cliff Central, and it'll be all over there so you can get hold of it. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. That's what we do on Tuesdays. We get to meet incredible human beings that are just doing amazing things. And, and, on the first of the month, and today is actually the first of the month. First of the month, um, Paige and Kirst come into studio from Huddle Up, and they bring us all of the good news that they're busy with and everything that they're doing. Last month, the first of the month, they didn't rock up, so we fired them. <laughs> and they came back a week. And then they came back a week later, and we rehired them. We didn't. And fire this them. this week. They've upped their game because they haven't just brought us stories. They've brought us a physical human being. <laughs> yes, uh, this is Mpumalelo on Kwebu. Welcome, uh, welcome yeah. to the studio. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> so obviously we, we've always, um, Kirsten and I coming up uh, every, every month and just uh, catching up on what we've been doing. And uh, we had the, the absolute pleasure of meeting in Pumalelo um, when Kirsten and I were at the um, Socioeconomic uh, Development Conference for Women. And we actually met ladies that in Pumalelo had been training on uh, small scale farming and agro food processing. And we got to know everyone and then we actually got to meet in Pumalelo and her story unfolded. And uh, Kirsten and I just want to try and align with her and just see how we can help her. But her story is amazing. We want everyone to find, oh, hear what okay, she's up to. I, I, need to, I need to take a step back because yes. you said a very big word with regards to farming. What is that? Which one? Agro-food processing. What, what is agro-food processing? <laughs> the utilization of all your materials that you are using. So in terms of your, um, uh, if you take an orange peel or something, you'll be able yes. to now make marmalades from it. Yes. Um, so that none of your resources go to waste. Yes. Um, oh, so we're wow. utilizing everything that you you have your hands, yes. yeah. And how did you get involved with agro-food processing? Uh, well, I'm a chef, and first things first was uh, looking for um, indigenous crops in South Africa and battling to get them because I predominantly wanted to promote African food because having traveled a bit, I found that we are trying to do what Europe is doing, and they do it better than us. And when we get out there, it's kind of like, I'm French, so you from Africa, so what are you cooking? I can't cook the French cuisine I was trained to cook, so I must bring in the African element. Mm. And from there, I realized that I need to find farmers. So I started looking for women farmers, aligning myself with them. And from there, I found that there's an exchange that was possible. I teach them how to cook and preserve their food. And they teach me about the crops and how to grow, mm. um, etc. And that's how I got into it. And then in 2012, I then decided to go to Balumalu in Ireland. And I was there for about six months with uh, Darren. Ellen, where I did the cause um, of the Balumalu cause, and we were in the gardens, we were cooking, we were in the farmers' markets, and just doing everything, making our own cheese, making butter, sure. uh, milking the cows as well. Cheapers, cheapers. Yeah. Indigenous food is important for our continent because yeah. if we are able to produce our own food. I'm guessing, and I, what I know about farming is scary, but <laughs> if we were able to produce indigenous food, it would grow better. 
right? Yes, because um, obviously it's um, if if we're growing stuff that is originally from here, um, it, it, with the weather now mm. and the climate, with right. the drought and everything, mm. obviously it is resistant mm. um, as compared to all the produce that we've brought in and we're growing because that's what's selling in the markets in the hotels and the restaurants so if you can try and introduce back the indigenous crops it will help us in our climate change issues and now i see the synergy yes and that's where that's where huddle up and page come in because you're all about sustainability and assisting communities and south africa right yeah and I mean, obviously, when we find out such an amazing um, initiative that Mpumalelo is um, bringing together, we want to be involved and be able to help. And, you know, if, if, if everyone's farming their own produce and is able to make their own food and be able to distribute it, we can then build up and, and extend supply chains already and uh, grow businesses. And, you know, they've got amazing farmers that you've introduced us to in Pumalelo. It's a whole microeconomy. It's a microeconomy. Yes. It is massive. And it's these ladies are incredible. They I just, love it. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, I mean, on, on the other side for them, it's it's two things. They get to save their produce mm. from uh, spoiling because mm. if, for instance, they have an abundance of tomatoes, which happened to Mum Rafira mm. last year, yeah. uh, December, January, she had so many tomatoes. Each time she saw people walking down the road, she'd just call them, take tomatoes. Oh, no. <laughs> Because she didn't want them to rot. Then I said, you know, if we do training and I show you the different things you can use tomatoes for, from Mm. tomato chili gems to drying the tomatoes in the oven, um, you know, sauces, tomato sauces. So now she makes that and bottles it. And then she can mm. can sell it at a later stage, which helps her with her income and (laughs) sustainability. It's so much bigger than just the thought for right now. Where, Where are you guys based? Um, I'm based um, here in Johannesburg, I, but I work mainly with the farmers from Pimville. There's a Pimville Skills Kitchen mm. in Soweto, so we do uh, the training there. But we also work at Betram's uh, Gardens and Kitchen with Mam Rafilwe. So from the garden where children come and mm. visit, but there's various other farms. Uh, Mam Joyce is in um, so Bram, uh, Bram Fisher, Fisher, and she's got peach trees all over, and she's also amazing. I mean, the, right up to... Ekinov. Some of the ladies are in Ekinov farm and from there they are growing produce as well and working with the young chefs which is also a big thing that I've been pushing to sure, say our young yeah. chefs need to get into this so they respect the food so they don't waste in the kitchen because yes. there's nothing kills me more like seeing how people would chop for instance a pepper they just top and tail it chunks of it in the bin, in the bin is, it's food waste yeah. Yeah. so if they see that Mama Refule works in the Scotching sun to actually grow this pepper, they'll start respecting it and know that it's, it's so hard work important. and save the food and not you've waste. Just, you've just, um, uh, time is always a, a key, but you've just said something now which is so important. I don't believe it's just the chefs. I believe no. human beings should yeah. understand where their food comes from yeah. so they can respect it a little bit mm, more. Yes. I think that's massively powerful yeah. and the work that you're doing is just unbelievably inspirational. Yeah. Yes. If people want to follow you, if they want to get involved, if they want to do whatever they, they possibly can to learn to help uh, where do they go okay um, uh, on our website www.africameetseurope.com we actually have a competition running at the moment called star chef competition and that's for young ones from age 16 to 25 where they can um, download oh, download their recipes, upload their recipes onto our website and enter the competition. And they can read more about the competition and it talks to indigenous and sustainable, nothing from packets or ready mixes and, and stuff like that. That's absolutely amazing. It's africameetseurope.com. We're going to put all of those links up onto our websites as well so that we can get people coming to you and getting the information. It's that easy um, and Paige how do people get hold of you uh, also Paige at Huddle Up and then Curse at Huddle Up as well and then all social media and yeah we just want to get everyone involved whether it's um, helping support um, you know uh, the farmers that have all the chefs the young chefs that win the competition to also be able to uh, go to Ballymolo Cooking School in Ireland as well um, but we just want to get everyone involved and together and we want to create more um, education around food and food security I think it's so important thank you for being on the good stuff thank we you. need to have more education on food security and food wastage. It is such a problem in South Africa. Kerry, hours up. We're done. <laughs> you know what? You know how I feel about that. But don't worry. Tuesday is seven days away. Seven days away. We'll be back again. This is the good stuff on Cliff Central. You can find us on www.cliffcentral.com. Have a terrific Tuesday, yo. 
CliffCentral.com.